the the first question I want to ask is uh, what inspired you to uh, get into filmmaking? Mm, I started by making skateboard movies while I was in high school. <laughs> and the senior year, I edited a skateboard video and then sold it to all my friends and really fell in love with the process of gathering footage, filming, and then making a, a final movie that had uh, jokes in it. It was like right about the time of Jackass, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was like fun, fun pranks and um, music and skateboarding and snowboarding. And I just fell in love with it. So I went to a small university and studied media communication and production. And mm-hmm. that's how it kind of solidified into, I guess I'm going to be a filmmaker. So what, uh, what made you uh, gravitate towards uh, documentary filmmaking? I kind of fell into it. I think we are going to start making some narrative film, but I just think real people are so interesting. There's mm-hmm. definitely some some things that have happened in real life that we've captured on film that if you had written them in a script, you'd say, oh, no, that's not believable. Yeah. But when these are real people's lives, and if you can spend enough time with someone that they trust you and will, will be their most vulnerable selves while on camera, I just think there's really magical, something really magical about that, really special. And in speaking of scenarios where if you wrote them in a script, nobody would believe them, uh, let, let's go ahead and move on to uh, Clean Slate, which, uh, is, uh, which played at the Atlanta Film Festival in the uh, first weekend is currently available on the virtual catalog up until uh, Sunday, May 2nd. You, we, we see a bit of it throughout the uh, film, but how did you first... How did you first come aboard on uh, telling the uh, story of Josh and Cassidy? Um, I was speaking at the Atlanta Film Festival in 2015. I was there with a feature film, Janie Makes a Play, my first feature documentary. And I then got to be on a couple panels like Documentary Filmmaking 101 and How to Fund Your Indie Film. And after the film, two guys came up to me and it was the leader of that uh, recovery ministry and Cassidy. And they, they had another film idea, something else they wanted to do. And I basically kindly said, no, thanks. I'm booked. Uh, like I, I'm, I'm booked and, and I appreciate it. But, and then Cassie said, well, what if we, what if we go out to a coffee? So I, I said, I can, you know, I can do a 45 minute coffee. And two and a half hours later, I've heard <laughs> Cassie's whole story and it was just amazing. I was hooked. And, and so I said, yeah, I'll come out and visit this ministry where you guys work and want to start a film production company with men in recovery and same, I thought I was going to go out for one hour and, and I got a six and a half hour tour, basically, mm-hmm. of all the amazing things that they were doing. Um, and so I started volunteering there. And then the volunteership turned into kind of a part-time job where I was getting paid to help write a script with these guys. And we had some funding committed to where if we wrote a feature script about recovery, basically the whole script was going to take like the first step of recovery and become a feature narrative with actors mm-hmm. and we proposed it to the person who was going to put money into it. And they basically just said, no, they're like, no, I'm good. That's not the kind of movie I want to make. Um, it's not, you know, it's not religious enough. And so we were like, well, okay, what are we going to do now? And I just thought, well, this, this, the ups and downs of filmmaking could really be something. So we repitched the idea, but what if instead of these guys trying to make a feature film, what if they try and make a short film? And then what if I make a documentary about them trying to make their short film? So it was really me hedging my bets and saying like, well, if the short film turns out and it's a good proof of concept, maybe we can get a feature film made. And if it fails completely, we'll at least have a really mm. great documentary yeah. about them failing incredibly. So yeah, then we, we did it. We filmed in the summer of 2016 
And uh, as you can glean just from watching the trailer, it was ups and downs. Making mm. a short film is hard enough. Making it while working with uh, people in rehab was excruciating. It yeah. was a real, real brutal process. So. Yeah, uh, one, of the, one of the things I say in my review of the film is it's probably the most anxiety-inducing film about making a film that I've ever seen, which is, you know, not, not small praise considering some of the uh, productions that I've gotten documentaries. Um, are, are there any particular films that you sort of looked back on? Are there any other any documentaries that look, you looked back on that might have uh, drawn inspiration from? Mm. Yeah, I mean, American Movie is probably my favorite documentary of all time. And it just, it, it's kind of like if you could remake the movie American Movie now, um, but he had had, instead of trying to film everything on film, had access to the democratization of digital cinema, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's kind of the American movie for the new, new generation of filmmakers. And then just added on the level of, you know, sobriety. It's kind of like an inspiration. And I also am just really drawn to Christopher Guest m- movies. I know they're not documentaries, mm-hmm. but the form and really like, I know they're a group of actors playing characters, but they really humanize the people yeah. they play. And they don't judge you might feel like in a film like Waiting for Guffman, what makes it so wonderful is that you actually are sitting with these people kind of with a non-judgmental lens to observe their struggles as, as then there's humor in how mundane their struggles are, right? Like the desire to be famous and to not become famous or the desire to put on a good play or the desire to have your dog in Best in Show win an mm-hmm. award. There's just really innocent plights that we can all relate to. It's like, oh yeah, I want to be seen. And so I feel like those films for me were really formational in how I approach character and, and with a, like, I don't know, a pastoral lens or a sensitivity to the, the characters, the subjects that we're putting on screen is to say, yeah, like I, you're a human, I'm human, I'm with you. Um, and then what does it mean to, to be on this journey together? Mm-hmm. So. When you guys first decided that you were going to document this whole process of making the uh, short film, was there anything that they basically said was sort of off limits for you to uh, film or to discuss during the movie? Off limits. No, I think that was maybe one of the most helpful parts in this process was the fact that Josh and Cassidy are both filmmakers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so they, they, unlike some of the other subjects that I've made, I made one feature doc and a lot of short documentaries. Unlike my other subjects that are, are trusting me to be the filmmaker, and they are then challenged to be their full self on screen. These boys had a sense of what we were doing. Like they understood that if, if I hold back, the film won't be as good as it could be. And so mm-hmm. I think there was real, there's a real uniqueness in having filmmaker brains also be the subjects because they got it. I mean, they, they understood that as I was sticking a camera in their face at tough moments, that it was for the benefit of the picture. And then there's a couple moments. There's one key moment where Josh, the subject tells the, camera person to get out of his face and yeah. that cameraman had to take a, a 15 minute break and catch his breath and it was a real intense moment mm-hmm. um so we definitely were walking the line there um yeah. but they no there was nothing that they said don't ask me i mean it's literally about drugs and their past mm-hmm. and suicide and very vulnerable like letting us into mental unhealthy spaces for them um and i think that's why the film really resonates with people is because you can tell that they are being themselves like yeah. they're raw 
struggling selves and in, inviting you into that. A couple times it kind of feels like really intimate. Like the camera, you as the audience are like, wait, I'm invited into this space. Mm-hmm. Like this is a really intimate space to be sitting in someone's car with them after a relapse, right? And mm-hmm. it's just you and the camera. It's you and the guy, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's, really, it's really credit to uh, both Josh and Cassidy that not only as filmmakers, but also as recovering addicts, that they would be so open to having their lives present on screen. Because, I mean, the, the stress of filmmaking is hard enough to add to that this layer of personal struggle with mental issues, with recovery issues, is just absolutely extraordinary. And it's one of the reasons why this this movie just absolutely, uh, you know, it, it just absolutely hit me when I was watching it. Well, I appreciate that. I think one of the things that got said to us early by test, we were test screening the film with a recovery group Someone said uh, this basically the sentiment of everybody knows someone in recovery or someone who should be. Mm-hmm. And I think that for us, that really opened up to like, oh, this is a universal topic. And by having, you're right, like, I would call it heroic, like Josh and Cassidy, yeah. an act of heroism to allow people to be in their struggle. I think their, their motivation was hope. Their motivation is that they are not alone that they would know they're not alone, that their struggle would invite other people into a path of healing, that it's not a a road to recovery. You don't end up somewhere. It's a road of recovery, that you're always on a path towards healing. And I just feel like the invitation for someone who's struggling with substance abuse or someone who's struggling with their mental health um, and becoming stable, that both of them would hope that what they've done by making this film is invite you into a place of of healing and safety. Mm-hmm. And so my job as the filmmaker then is to create that for them, the subjects. Mm-hmm. And then now that the, the film can be used in a way that it creates that for audiences. So I think it is on, on, on a base level, the film is entertaining and is worth yeah. watching as a film. But then if you allow it into your heart or to, to, to hold a mirror up to parts of you that maybe you weren't ready to engage, that they are going to bring comfort and challenge uh, for you, the audience member. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I've, you know, it's like, I've never, you know, you, what you said is actually uh, very accurate, where it's like, you know, I don't know that I've necessarily, I've known people who have been in recovery, but it wasn't necessarily in their lives at the moment that, at the moments that they've had to do that. But I've also been, you know, I, I've also had people in my lives that should be in a situation where it's like they, they have issues with uh, mental health and addiction. And it is just absolutely, it's, heroic is the best word for it. I mean, it really is. And, you know, when, it's funny because of the fact that when you see the, when you see them actually go in front, they, they're actually getting the film made in the uh, second half of, in the third act of the movie, you, you just have all of the, all of that anxiety of what is going on as far as, you know, you, you mentioned that moment where Josh is basically telling the cameraman, it's like, get out of my face. That's, and you know, you, you have moments. And then I think it was, is it Cassie's mother? I think has one moment where she says, it's like, even if they succeed, I'm not sure if it will necessarily fill that void. Brutal. Um, yeah. What, what is one of, 
what were some of the biggest challenges in uh in in portraying this story Mm, I think for me, it was walking that tightrope of like wanting to have a good film, but not wanting to push anyone into a space of further unhealth. Like mm-hmm. I, it's not like we were rooting for them to relapse. You know, like if you were filming no. <laughs> the movie and you're the the uh, a calloused filmmaker, the best thing for the story would be that these people would suffer, 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 suffer. Right now, that's like makes for a better story. If in the end there's a, a victory or any sort of victory, if it follows a lot of suffering. I think for me as their friend, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I definitely blurred the line. There's not an objective documentary camera. I, I'm rooting for them while filming. Mm-hmm. Right. And like on the day of, of filming, when it starts to rain, it's not a spoiler. It's in the trailer. Like it just, things start to go poorly. Um, it's not like I was rooting for the rain, you know, right. <laughs> I'm rooting right. for the guy. So for me as the filmmaker, I just think I was, I was struggling with them. And I think that then to be able to invite the audience into that struggle, you're right. Like any film is a miracle. Anybody mm-hmm. who can make any movie feature or short film, it is a miracle. Even if it sucks, it's so much work. It's so collaborative and so much work. And it's marathon on top of marathon to make a movie and get it seen that for them, you're right to, to do that process and embark on that while letting these cameras float above their shoulders to expose their inner doubt mm-hmm. along the process is just really incredible. So for me, that the hurdle was, do I, how do I, do I push them, but not push them too far? How do I support them without making it too easy? Um, how can it still be true? Um, while I'm, I'm in, I'm in it. I like kind of wove myself into it on accident. Like I'm, I'm a part of this story and this plight, but I'm also the one crafting the documentary. Mm-hmm. So. And you know, it's, it's, you know, there's there's so many there's so many pitfalls with the documentary format because if you are because at a certain point you could just skirt the line and essentially just be making propaganda. And right. I think, you know, it it's weird. I think one of the reasons that this movie is so successful at doing what it's doing is because of the fact that you're not just approaching this from a perspective of a filmmaker trying to tell this story. You're also wanting to support your friends and to be honest about the experience that they're going through. And I think if without that, in I would imagine that that uh, sense to stay somewhat objective is is a balancing act. But I think it's also if if you weren't if you didn't have that personal connection with them and somebody else was telling this story who didn't necessarily know them, it could easily be exploitative and really just revel in highs and lows. And like what you were saying, um, really almost like rooting for drama. And I think that's one of the, I, I think that's one of the things that's, so successful about clean slate is the fact that you don't really get that impression from the film. Well, I really appreciate that. I feel like my, my hope would that the camera would feel like the third member of the crew. Mm-hmm. That you're just like a part of the friend group that you're in, in the trenches with them as they battle to make this thing exist. No, yeah, you're right on. I'm so glad it worked. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the risk you take by making a relational doc. And in the end, our goal is not to make a commercial, right? Like mm-hmm. other, other films in a way you can make a movie right now that handles creativity and or uh, recovery and substance abuse is like you can make a movie that's an interview film that talks about statistics and sets up people in white coats talking about what it's like to have a mental health disorder and 
that's not the film we made not no. at all, right? Like, the, it's completely opposite of that. It's a relational, if I care about these two people. And I often say this, I, I feel like I'm always, like, using my mother as a reference. She's, like, a 65-year-old, well-meaning Christian woman with a perm, right? And it's just, like, <laughs> if we said to my mom, what is a felon? A person who has a felony, what are they? And, and a person who is an addict, what are they? My mom, not to her discredit, would have all kinds of opinions that have been shaped by her upbringing and the culture and the media and about what these people are. She might have an age range, a skin color, a demographic. Like she has all these things about what it means to be or have a felony or be an addict. And if we could, if we can start to, for all people to start to reframe or expand or um, complicate, mm. then maybe we can add empathy because now when you fall in love with Josh and Cassidy and by the middle of the movie, you start to realize that them and their friends and the people that you're coming to love have act, they're actively using drugs and they, they have felonies. Um, then maybe it starts to expand what those categories could be in your brain. And we, yeah. it's rehumanizing people. So when we say maybe companies should be more quick to hire felons, it's something that your heart is now open to because it's not just a blanket category. Mm-hmm. It's human beings. We've attached flesh and blood and struggle and intention. And you could say about these guys, these are good people. These are good guys. And yes, they are also, they have felonies and they struggle with addiction, you yeah. know? So. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest values of this film is that not only, not only is an entertaining documentary about making a movie. I mean, that's obviously an important part of it. More important, though, it's just about it. It's really about these these people just trying to get through day to day of what they're going through. And one of the things I'm I've tried to do over the years is like I I've somebody I'm somebody who's dealt with anxiety, depression. I I know a lot of people who've dealt with mental illness, and it's it's important for me. And one of the most important parts for me in my journey was sort of lifting the stigma for myself of getting help because, yeah. I mean, that that's one of the hardest things, especially for men. And I can imagine it was really difficult for Cassie and Josh for that first time to realize that they need help and to welcome that help. And oh, yeah. so, and yeah, the fact that this is, this is, humanizing who we consider in terms of addicts in terms of felons i mean yeah that is that is an incredibly important part of this film Mm. Uh, you're right on yeah i just think if people realize that getting help is okay that it's you're not less than that you're not alone in your Mm. struggles and that if we're all on a pathway towards health and healing then we need each other we need community we need stories stories are important and for you to have stories or to be able to tell yourself a story that that health is available to you, mm-hmm. right? That that is not out of reach I and mean, that you're not alone, then we need to keep telling these stories. Stories shape our reality. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be really excited. And the, and the boys, I think the reason they were so open to making the movie is just for that, is so that you could watch it and say, like, wow, there, there are people like me. There are people who are struggling. And then, like Josh says in the movie, like, for some people, you get it the first time. And for other people, it's taken me 13 or 14 tries. He's talking about sobriety. Yeah. Um, but that's the point. It's not. It's, it's the one day at a time for all of us, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for all of us and all the hurdles that we have in our lives. Um, it's kind of like if, the, if these guys, you might not be a filmmaker, but you've got something in your life that's a struggle. So what, what does it mean to know that it's worth fighting for? Mm-hmm. It's like really important. 
Yeah. Uh, what's next for the uh, What's next for Clean Slate after the Atlanta Film Festival? Yeah, it, um, well, there's a couple more film festivals that we've got into that we can't announce yet. They'll go public soon. So that's fun. We're really at the beginning of our hopefully year-long coming out of COVID festival tour. Mm-hmm. So we're excited for, for people like this to just start getting to see the film. And then we, in the next couple months, will have some hopefully really fruitful meetings with some interested distributors to find a partner who will take it out into the world. And then our hope would be that by the end of the year, early next year, it will be on a streaming platform near you. So people can follow along. The film, the website is thecleanslatefilm.com, thecleanslatefilm.com. And you can get your name on an email list so that you would know when it's going to be at a film festival near you or when it will start being available for pre-orders for DVD, Blu-ray, or download or, or rent it. Um, we're excited for groups. We're excited for groups. As people see it, we want groups, whether they be recovery groups, church groups, celebrate recovery, um, mental health support groups, uh, anybody in any way that thinks that their small group of people would benefit by watching and discussing the movie, we are going to make the film available at, at all abilities for that. And then one of the distributors wants to do like a, a fathom event. If we, if, if returning to theaters in mass is a thing by <laughs> the end of the year, they would like us to do um, a, like a one weekend only big fathom event and have a couple famous actors who are in recovery do a Q and A, uh, and that could be really fun—a fun way for the film to feel like it has a big final push into the world. So, excellent. Yeah, yeah, that was going to be my next question of how people can uh, follow the uh, film along its uh, journey, and you beat me to it. That's uh, it, man. I, I appreciate that so much. And then it's follow me. I mean, you could follow me on Instagram. I'm at Jared underscore Cal, C-A-L. And I'll always post about that in our upcoming projects. We have multiple other films that are in the works. And I just, I really, if you like this film, there are other films for you in our repertoire that already exist and will exist that have this same gritty, personable, real, yeah, pastoral is a word that gets used a lot for our films, communal, community, mm-hmm. um, kind of vibe where you just feel like you got invited into uh, a space that maybe you wouldn't otherwise have access to. And you get to know a person on a level that you might not be friends with in real life, but now you get to be a part of their plight and struggle through this, this life. Excellent. Well, Jared, thank you very much for your time today. It was a wonderful film. I wish I could have seen it in person, but it just didn't work out, but I'm glad I got to see it anyway through the virtual catalog at the Atlanta film festival. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much for uh, sharing this this film as well and the experience that uh, Josh and Cassidy were going through. Oh, you bet. And and thanks to the Atlanta Film Society and Film Festival. They do so much and are so supportive of the local film community and filmmakers. Mm-hmm. I just, the film wouldn't, literally wouldn't exist without them in, in the sense that I met the subjects of this movie at their film festival. Mm-hmm. So I just think that pouring into local filmmakers and then if you are hearing this and you like film, Go see a movie at the plaza, give yeah. gift cards to the plaza to your friends for their birthdays and stuff, show up and go to movies there. And when they do cool events, like have filmmakers out and do Q and A's, go to them. I mean, I just think that's the most brilliant part is being able to to talk to a filmmaker or subjects about their movies. Um, we're living in special times where we have access to people. So just like this, you're in Atlanta <laughs> and I'm in California, Yeah, uh, that we could be having a conversation about movies is, is, is really special and is not lost on me. So mm-hmm. um, yeah bringing people together is really important. The last thing I'd be remiss to say if I didn't say okay. is the big the big focus of my life in this next season is to be hosting artists in residency. So we have a website that's peoplepeoplemedia.com. 
peoplepeoplemedia.com. And we have all our films listed on there that you can watch for free. But we're also going to start inviting people to make movies with us. So if you are interested in writing or directing or editing or being a cinematographer um, or you're a novelist or a painter or a poet, check, out, check it out on there. There's a residency page. It's like going live this week. And we're just going to start having people come out to our 95-acre farm and be together and make music and art together. And I think that we can really provide a safe space for artists to make their work and encourage each other and then refine their work within community. So that's my my next season of life while this movie and my next movie come out into the world is host artists for some fun artists and residents making music and movies and art in the woods. So... Excellent. And uh, as as a uh, creative person myself, I don't know if I'll be able to make it out there myself, but any creatives who are uh, interested in that type of collaboration, uh, I would highly recommend it. It sounds like a great opportunity. That's right. Good. What we're doing can inspire anybody where you are to make your stuff. That's all we want. We Mm want to help you make your work. So that's it. You're not alone. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it.